Welcome back to the Bigger Hunters podcast. Your host, Hunter Dydle. Uh, obviously, the podcast hasn't been going on. Um, got some things going on. We kind of talk about it more in depth in the podcast. What I will tell you now is that we're going to be more uh, consistent here on out. I got things kind of leveled out, taken care of, and I'm going to have more time to be able to put out podcasts every Wednesday. I appreciate you guys hanging in there with me, and I really look forward to creating consistent content for you guys. Uh, so today's episode, we're talking about September's. We talk about teal, some dove, and we also talk about Jeremy and his antelope hunt. Uh, got some fun stories, got a lot of laughs. I really look forward to telling you guys the stories about our September. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Spore's Wet Basement Solutions. So Dave Spore, man, he does some incredible work. He did the drain tile system and the waterproofing for our house that we just built. Incredible. Man, this house is going to flow. I'll tell you what. The thing about Dave is that he takes care of things the first time because here's the thing. There's a lot of uh, concrete or, you know, solutions companies that want to come come put a Band-Aid on it. It might seem cheap in the beginning, but water is one of those things. It just, it never gives up. <laughs> so it may have a dry year like this, but if you go back to say 2018, which is a great duck hunting year, hopefully get some more water here, you're going to have problems because your basement's going to flood. Get it get it taken care of for the first time, uh, especially when you're going down the road five or ten years from now, especially when you're trying to sell it and the inspector comes in. You're, you, like you, It's one of those things you have to take care of. So take care of it right the first time. So uh, the other sponsor of today's podcast is Ben Page of the Foul Front Outdoors. Um, we talked about it in the past, talked to him. He's coming out with a series of kid books. The one that's out right now, your first deer hunt, Ava's, I mean, Ava's like four or five weeks out. I really look forward to reading this book to her. I really am just excited. It's also a guy that's from Lincoln, Nebraska. If you're somebody from Nebraska, man, he's a Nebraskan. And he's talking about deer hunting. What What's more Nebraskan than that? Jump on foulfront.com, purchase the book. And also 11% of the uh, revenue ends up going to conservation funds. So like... There's really nothing better for your money to go to, especially as a, a hunter in general. So jump on there, purchase the book. Appreciate you. Let's jump in the podcast. Welcome back to the Bigger and Hunters podcast. Your host, Hunter Dydle, and my co-host, Jeremy. What up? How you doing, buddy? Pretty pretty dang good, and we'll get there eventually, but I'm pretty how's dang the, good. How's the YouTube doing? How's the YouTube going this year? Uh, you know, uh, I, as we're, we're going to talk about here in this podcast, uh, the beginning of the season has had some struggles, but... I'm getting videos out there. I had did the most dove hunting I've ever done. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say, you had, like, for September and as bad as this year was, like, you know, looking I, to be, you have a, you've had I, a good year. Actually, I, I, not on my hunt fish, yeah. you know, page, but on my, like, my personal, I made, I, I was, like, I like to do, like, a monthly update for my hunting season just for my yeah. friends and family, and I was looking back at all my pictures. I was like, you know what? I went into September going... 
ah, this is gonna suck. <laughs> and honestly, I've scratched out a pretty dang good September, and we're so. we're into October now. Like my first week of October has been really good. We'll get there, whether it's this <laughs> podcast or the next one, we'll see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, honestly, I've had a pretty good year so yeah. far. Um, and <laughs> I feel that. Um, I have a lot of videos coming. I've been super busy with work. Um, I've got deer hunting content. I've got, uh, I don't have any more teal videos going up. I only was able to scratch out one, Yeah. but the only real, real good teal hunt I had, it rained. So did you, oh, you, did you put an opening day one up? No. I mean, that would have been fun to tell the story and everything that happened. But. I thought about it. I looked at all the footage I had and it, brought sheer anger anger into me and i was like "Ah, no Uh, and and honestly the my first i had always seems to happen my first two or three hunts of the year because of the way i like to i like to run my gopros on a a, like a battery pack yeah and i was having issues with the cord that i was using it would come unplugged i've fixed that now so i'm not missing anything but i missed a lot of key parts of opening day gotcha so but there's there's a good amount of videos coming i've done a ton of deer hunting this year that's something i'm really gonna look at trying to improve my videos on yeah and got an antelope hunt coming out i thought about that uh at least this last weekend i was like you know what i kind of feel bad because like coming home and stuff it's like if i would at least had a gopro on I could have provided, I wasn't going to make a video, but at least give you, like, extra content for your video. Yeah. No, that would be nice, because, like, that portion where I was paddling around on the kayak, like, I could see that, but I don't think that I'll get it on GoPro enough. GoPro was running, um, but I don't think I will have gotten enough of a good view for it to be worth much, but... Yeah, that's why I always try and run the GoPro off to the side. Um, I'd like to, one of these days, I'd like to get another one and do like a right in the blind kind of yeah. um, GoPro, but I just I haven't done that yet. Gotcha. I'll probably upgrade my GoPro this next year so. That or I'll just have to let you use mine because I don't ever use it, it seems like. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. But, all right, let's get into the podcast. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned it. So Jeremy's uh, YouTube is HuntFish365. Great content coming out, so make sure to check it out and hit subscribe. Hit like on the video and comment because you love us. I'm trying. I'm Because try- we love you. Trying to make a goal. We're almost a 600. With the season I'm having and some of the videos that I put out, like everybody loved our dove hunt that we're going to talk about. Um I got some really good feedback on that one. I, I'd love to try and approach that thousand subscribers by the end of the season. I just need to pump out like million or like five or six snow goose videos for sure. Apparently, gosh, that one, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I felt so dumb for not making more after I saw the yeah. feedback that I got on it. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, you got to think. Eh, I don't mean to get off on a bunny trail, but you got to think like, how many guys or how many groups can manage to come up with a spot that has the spot the the type of spot we had, manage the way that we did, and then also manage to put the spread up, the size of spread that we can. 
Like, yeah. it just doesn't happen other than guys, like, very often. Yeah. There's some clubs, don't get me wrong. But. The, no, but the, the video that really kills me that I didn't end up making, um, I, dude, if I could go back and get that jump, <laughs> dude, I don't, because the thing, the crazy thing is people on YouTube when it comes to snow geese love jumps. Yeah. I don't know why it is. Like, I think it's because of the sheer numbers and people don't get to see that that often. Yeah. But, like, that would have probably been a, a video um sorry i thought he was throwing up <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> um that would have probably been a video that would have gotten like tens of thousands of yeah. views I, and i i really kick myself for that one <laughs> and i had it with me i just was like jared like and no like no problem to jared i mean we did we were running a little behind that morning yeah. and he was like let's go so i just said screw it i'm leaving it Gotta love it. Yeah. All right, let's get back into what we're talking about tonight. We're going to be talking about, uh, we're just going to be recapping our September. Um, Where we Hunter's more. been. Well, yeah, I'll get into that. You know what, I'll, I'll preface this. It's not Jeremy's fault. It's nobody else's fault but mine. I, <clears throat> As the listeners may know, I've got a kid coming. It's due in November. We built a new house. Uh, I've also got, uh, got into real estate investing, so I've been... Had three massive projects going on at once. Trying to get this house done, get moved in. Mm-hmm. Trying to get ready, get settled, get the baby's room, get ready for baby. And then also, like, this, that house ended up being way more <laughs> renovation than I think than we even imagined. You guys did more than I thought you would do. I and think that's the big thing. Knowing me wrong, it's going to pay off in the end. But it it's will. just like... 100%. It's just been a massive, huge, I don't know, massive bubble of stress on every level. And so, you know, a mentor kind of sat me down a few months back and was like, you need to prioritize. You need to choose which are your priorities and your time priorities and make your priorities first right now. And it doesn't mean it's got to, it doesn't, it's not going to ever change. You just got to do it right now and get things knocked out that you can control. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the podcast did end up. A little bit farther down on the actually the crazy list. thing is that I was gonna ask you this weekend if you wanted me to just take it over for a little while until you're resituated and then you were like, We're gonna start doing them again this week. Well, it's just you know, I, I didn't it the the podcast in me, I didn't mean for it to go on the back burner, but the way the priority list sat, that was I'm gonna you know, do the priority list one for four, one through four, and then if I can fit five, great. But I just yeah. haven't been able to. And now that, uh-uh. you know, we're moved in, the baby's room's put up, the rental's about done, like things are gonna switch. So oh, for sure. Other than like having the baby and not getting to sleep, I'm gonna have a lot more free time. We probably probably what we just need to do is we need to try and get a couple backups because those first couple weeks for you guys. I, it's gonna be terrible. Yeah, we'll be talking about opening opening day pheasant, hopefully. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. But uh okay, back to September. So that's why we've been gone. It's my fault. I suck. I'm sorry. We'll get back to it. <laughs> <laughs> let's get back to hunting because it's more important. <laughs> um let's uh, I think let's go from opener to opener. Um let's go teal. So teal opener, we went out or not teal opener, excuse me, dove opener opens first on the first. We went out. It was all right. I mean, yeah. The more I, you know, our morning hunt 
you, me, and my dad killed everything but one bird that came by us. I mean, I it's not an issue. I know Dane tried to put in a sunflower um, patch, and it just it did not grow. Um, Crazy thing is, is once we got that rain in like mid September, they're almost like five feet tall now. I'm not even kidding you. I the last time I was down there bow hunting, I was like, yeah, seriously, we could maybe dove hunt this in like early October. Yeah. <laughs> but um <laughs> we shot a few and then I went out with a couple of buddies later that evening and finished out my limit. Yeah. Um that was a pretty good hunt. We shot a lot of birds that evening. So I think it works in I mean I wouldn't really touch too much on opener. Um before we get to the really good dove hunt, I do want to hit teal cuz I think I think the emotional process in this whole thing really makes a big difference. So let's yeah. ju- let's jump from so dove opener, okay, whatever. I don't usually get I get excited to see everybody, but I don't really have that much expectation uh-huh. to kill a lot. I'm just happy to be out there. Right. And I for me personally, I'd been dealing with so much on time and being stressed about everything that like it was a huge factor for me to just be able to get out there and just like t- take a deep breath away from everything. Well, that like I got the wind back in my sails and motivation to do do- or teal opener. Mm-hmm. And the other part of that was that the private spot we normally hunt is pretty well dry. I mean, there's still a pond there. Oh, but we it's never not even good. we never even talked about the lease either. Um, yeah, we could talk about the lease. The lease, we got it. It's dry. We tried to make some compromises with the farmer. He just wasn't about it. And I'm I have a feeling that he ended up leasing it out to some other poor suckers that aren't gonna get to hunt it this year. Yeah, and I'm glad that we haven't done it because at this point Yeah. I don't know that even if there was water at this point, you might catch some mallards or some big ducks at like the last two weeks of October, but then you get in a couple weeks in November, and it's going to freeze. We Well, yeah, we have to get a really good rain, and I, you know, it, being a painter that has a lot of exterior work, I check the weather daily, and yeah. currently we don't have anything in the future. There's nothing so. that I would really say that's substantial enough to fill it to the point where I'd be excited about it. So, so yeah, we got the lease. Super excited. Didn't work out. Not super sad about it because it sounds like he's going to just put it out for bid every year anyway. So if we get a bunch of water and it gets filled back up, we might have an opportunity again, which I hope you do. But honestly, at this point, with our opening day success, I might just take that money to travel. So we won't get in, get too far into that. Good God. No. <laughs> no uh, dude, she's had some bad That ones. is disgusting. Dude, you think that was bad? Oh that fart God. was bad? <laughs> She was farting like that all the way back, all the way back from the sand hills in, you know, enclosed truck. It was awful, dude. I don't know what her deal is right now. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so went back in our sails. We start, I didn't, honestly, I didn't even know if I'd go out for teal, and we were like. Well, we were were both talking about not even doing it, and then Brad. Brad came up with. Brad came up with something. Came out the MVP move. Yeah. So Brad was out out scouting. I was planning on scouting Friday night to find something. Brad called me about midday Friday and was like, "Dude, I got a I got a spot public. Uh, there is a crap ton of teal out here." I was like, "Oh yes, like this is this is yeah. great." So I ran out there, looked at it. Okay, this is exciting. So everybody's like, "Okay, full mobilization. Get a few guys." 
go out there. We're going to get there. And this is the first time I've done this, which is surprising. Uh, yeah. We, that, we showed up at like 8, 9 o'clock. Yeah. Me and Hunter went out early, got our spots. Yep. Had to, which for me is pretty much the normal. I mean, I like uh, four or five years ago when it, uh, you know, I uh, the first couple of years I duck hunted, no one really did the whole camping thing. No. But then it was like at some point there was a switch. Duck hunting actually honestly started to get really popular again, um, especially with the college age people. Um, and so camping started to become a thing, like it really like regular thing. So I yeah. started doing that because, um, you know, you want to get a good spot. I want to try and have a good hunt and we 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 went out there i took hunter me and hunter went out there and you've been blessed to hunt private land on most opening mornings for about the last what four or five years now yeah and uh so everything that i hate about opening day came completely oh through. full like, circle like full every, circle. everything i'm talking it was arkansas uh i want to say jack jackasses uh <laughs> College idiots drinking, bussing music, people showing up five minutes before shooting time. It Dude. was a, it was a thorough disaster. Like, um, I and I had a bad feeling. Uh, at about ten o'clock that night, like to the point that I did almost go, man. Do we just go home? Like, I thought about it for a moment, but then I was like, man, I'm already here. I loaded up my decoys. I've spent all this time uh, talking with everybody in the marsh already to figure out where everybody's hunting. Yeah. And for the most part, there was some good cooperation on my side. Uh, as Hunter said, we did have some Arkansas boys show up, which I'm not going to completely bash decently just, nice. they were super nice and i actually thought we were all on the same page like guy guy rolled down his window gave me his name shook my hand that's how nice he was he was he was he was an all right guy but told him where you were gonna go and he just went right over there and went where you were gonna go yep. and i was like well okay that's kind of crappy not to stereotype arkansas boys but and I'm sure there are Arkansas guys that are screaming at this podcast right now going, we do not do that. Not all of us are that way. So I don't disagree. It's, uh, but it's just, I hate to say it, but the, like our experiences this, with Arkansas, the stereotype Arkansas boys that we deal with in Nebraska are the really young guys that can travel and got time. And they come up here on usually opening day teal, which is normal. Yep. Or opening day duck because it's not really open down there. You guys are fighting with snakes and gators, which I totally get. I understand. But here's my two things. One, they, like, the younger guys, we all know how younger guys stereotypically tend to be. The other part of that is y'all give me, y'all give us northerner shit for going north, but then y'all go north. Right. It's funny how that works. So, like, let's just all agree to let's all agree to that we just like to go north. It is what it is. I am glad to see people traveling and duck hunting. That is part of the sport. Really, you like to see Missouri boys turkey hunting? Actually, the Missouri <laughs> boys are the ones I get along with. Uh, I do struggle with Arkansas boys <laughs> when it comes to turkey hunting, but that is because I witnessed somebody poach one this yeah. spring, 
that was from Arkansas. And no problem. Whatever state. I want you to hunt here. It's just, it is frustrating when you get into people that you're well, trying to talk to and they do that. Crap. And, and that, that was my biggest issue with that situation. There was like four groups standing there figuring out where everybody was hunting. They rolled up at, you know, like 11 o'clock. There's probably already too many people for the marsh. Uh, we told them, we, I mean, we told them honestly, I was like, hey, you might go find something else. I even pointed them towards a different marsh. That they probably would have had better that they actually, that I know they would have probably had better luck. Yeah. But, so. It, so, let, let's work through this. So, we get there, like, 11 midnight. People start rolling in from every freaking county. Uh-huh. And it's crazy. There's everybody. So, there was already, like, there was one group that ended up, getting the spot that Brad wanted, which, man, eh, it is what it is. There's another group on the other side that we kind of wanted. Okay, it is what it is. And then we're camping out. Everyone kind of gets along, and about midnight, everything goes south because there's just people just come mocking, yeah. like coming from everywhere. Yeah. So I end up going over, parking where I'm going to hunt at, walk straight out. So midnight, like right after midnight, you can set your decoy. So mm-hmm. like... Snap at midnight, get out of the truck, get over the fence, start heading to my direction where I'm going. This is my second part with the Arkansas boys. Uh, I'm not going to say exactly that I know, but they were in there before midnight. They just didn't have their lights on. Yeah, no, they, at one point I had looked at their trucks and I was like, no, it looks like they might have gotten out. About 1130, I started seeing some lights over there and I had a feeling. Yeah. So, so they definitely got out there before midnight, but I'm, it is what it is. So I get out, get set up, and I start like trying to open up a hole where I think that these teal want to be at. Get set up by myself. Thanks, Drake. Thanks, Brad. Actually, Brad, you know what? I love you. You found the spot. You yeah. scouted. I think yeah. that's respectable. The scouter gets to sleep in. But Drake, come on, B team. <laughs> come on, B team. Classic B team. That's why, that's why he's on B team. Uh, I, you know, Hunter had all these problems on his side. I ended up having it oh, kind of yeah. easy. Actually, really, honestly, I didn't have anybody within 150 yards of me. Um, yeah. Now, it did not help that everybody on my side was just sitting on buckets. Yeah. And I had I had two guys sitting on buckets. Well, you guys had people just standing in the marsh. So if if I if you're me and you're standing on the left of me, there's the Arkansas boys. They uh-huh. had some sort of a blind. To the right of me, there was an A-frame. They were like two, three hundred yards that way, so they're plenty away. Um, if you look straight across, about hundred yards, there's guys sitting on buckets. To the right of me, there was like guys at seventy yards just sitting in the middle of the marsh on buckets. Like it was a it was a grade A disaster. Yeah. You you didn't you weren't packed in there as bad. No, actually I. The only thing that bummed me out is that, and I know you experience, when Hunter says we, what do we experience everything, everything that involves openers and everything that is bad about duck hunting and duck hunting etiquette, we experienced. I mean, people standing in the marsh, people sitting on buckets, not really trying. Uh, People on my side were shooting at anything within 100 yards. I watched several big ducks get shot. I watched. Uh, actually, at one point, I went to try and find one because um, I got it on camera, and I was basically going to, I mean, I, I I don't like to be that, you know, tattletale, if you will, but 
I was going to call a game warden if I could for sure identify that it was a big duck. I'm pretty sure it was a wood duck, but yeah, I couldn't, I, I couldn't I mean, find it. It floated I, over by us, but I never found it. I watched, I mean, I watched two wood ducks and a mallard die. Yeah. Not just kind of, they died, and the two that killed them were sitting on them the whole time, and we were, like, all both groups, you, your group and my group, got out and were standing there bullshitting with everyone for a couple hours hour and a half and they were sitting out there because they were sitting on it yeah i'm amazed that we didn't see the game warden yeah there um i don't know if he had a a heyday at uh another marsh or something but i i don't know um yeah and this is something that i really want to get into because this is really of all the things that went on this is what pisses me off the most so there's a group group of guys that seemed pretty nice and I don't necessarily have a problem with on the way they acted towards us because they were respectful to an extent but there's some behavior that really pisses me off when it comes to opening days and this is happening this happens almost exclusively opening days okay I get it number one you're excited number two you want to have a good time with your buddies number three like you, you know you're really wanting to get going with the boys and, like, cut loose. I get that. Yeah. To an extent, I get that. My problem with this is, and it happens exclusively on opening days, and that's why, like, I almost skip opening days because I hate this so much. But you you show up, and there's a group of younger gentlemen that are out there that think that this is a tailgate. Yeah. This is a Husker tailgate, and they're basically... They're not sorority fraternity dudes, like pseudo fraternity dudes, for hunting instead of tailgating and being frat bros. Like, you show up, they're shirtless, they're drinking beer, they've got cornhole, and they are just this is okay. I get all that. Having a beer, fine. Having two beers, okay. I get that. Having a six pack and being shwasted, you're just stupid. Number two, like. Okay, if you're going to be that and be stupid and it's going to be safety for yourself, okay, whatever. You're going to be dumb, that's your problem. My biggest problem is when you're blaring music. Yeah. That, that pisses me off because that just ruins it for everybody. And the reason why I say that is because as soon as light came up and it was shooting time, I I personally watched at least three, 400 teal leave the marsh. Yeah, no, and it wasn't even at shooting line. It was about 15 minutes before. Almost everything on my side lifted and left. Yep. Um, and, you know, I'm I'm all for enjoying opening days as well. I always try and enjoy it with my buddies as well. We had like food. We, we had we fun. We had a beer. Uh-huh. We talked. Um, but I completely agree. I mean, I was... That was the first time I'd ever heard somebody blare music. Now... I will say I have set decoys in the marsh before listening to music on my phone. Yeah. Right, you know, right there. Like, sitting in my waders. I've done that. But to throw up a boom box in, your, in the back of your pickup, basically. And well, like, blast, I mean, I was 400 yards yeah. away from these kids, and I was singing along to their songs. Like, I knew what they were playing. Like, yeah. you don't... Yeah. Like, I, I opening morning when we were playing, I had George Strait playing. I, I yeah. my waiters. I oh, was I, in there. I, you know, it's real low, just enough for me to hear, but hell yeah. Have a good time. Yeah. Like we I'm, we do that all the time when we're especially picking up decoys. We yeah. tend to play music. 
Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, we're getting out of there for the day. But at midnight, and it, it's not like they just played while they were setting up the decoys. Periodically, it was playing through the night. Yeah. And that's why it. I do think that everybody in there would have killed more birds that day. But... All of those birds that got up and left, they had been jumping between two public marshes mm-hmm. that were about half a mile from each other. And you, it wasn't but about 20 minutes to a half an hour when those ducks left, you just heard the other marsh just, just light Oh, up. man, all morning, too. And they just waylaid them. That wouldn't have happened. I, really, I sincerely don't think that would have happened if those guys weren't like yeah. that. Yeah, but... That's that's one of my biggest problems. And, like, another part that I want to touch on, like, I'm sorry. I Something, like, alcohol and guns do not, no, I, do not tie together. And I, I don't know why. I am not a big fan of it. I've already once in my life almost gotten in a fight with somebody who was drunk yeah. in a parking lot of a marsh before an opening day. And that did not thrill me. I was not amused. Yeah. Um, Especially since, you know, I was being respectful. But, and my problem is because this happened on opener, if the sheriff comes through and somebody's running around the group and basically being like, hey, don't get in your truck or hide yourself, yep. you've done too much. Yep. You've gone too far. You've drank too much. Um, you shouldn't be there. You should get yourself a ride home. Because the reality is, is when you're staying up all night like that, I unfortunately would strongly believe that half of those guys went into the marsh drunk. Yeah, they did. And that bothers me. Like, that's unsafe. It's illegal. And, I mean, it's just not, it's just not okay. I mean, we sound like we're... I mean, we are complaining about opening morning and all the people around us. I want people to go. I knew there would be a ton of people in that marsh. It's yeah. a very dry year. They only pumped so much, and there's only so much that held water that they did pump. So everybody was concentrated. I mean, no joke, there's 50 people in a quarter section marsh. Yeah. I mean, in that you, you do the math, in, at least in Nebraska, quarter section is 160 acres. Um 50 people that's a crazy amount of people and you know it's a quarter section section marsh but not all of it had water i mean that's just the property yeah and so like that really gives you an idea as how many people were in there well like okay let's take away the factors though like at this point i think is really not okay but is a part of opening days right (laughs) take out the drinking take out the music idiocy the opening day of the Ar- you know, the Arkansas boys basically going to my spot. That's just normal. Okay, I get it. it. It's annoying, but it's just a part of hunting, especially public land. You take out the alcohol and take away the music. I, it, it's just, it is what it is. I, yeah, I wouldn't have exactly. been mad. I would just been like, I mean, these the, guys are idiots on buckets. But at the same time, like, the the sky know. the sky busting and the you know setting up close to each other. Yeah, would have annoyed me, but yeah. the. Yeah, it wouldn't have been as bad because that's expected. I knew going into that that that's what would happen. And we even talked to a guy, a group of guys that had been there basically the last, they go there every year. Yeah. And uh, 
he says that it gets pretty crazy in there, but there's yeah. always birds. So, I don't know. Um, it is what it is. It is what it is. So, uh, let's kind of move through here. So, that's opening day teal. At this point, like, I'm completely unmotivated. I've got an okay dove hunt. I've got a million things on my plate. Teal's going on. At this point, I'm just, like, to do with it. I'm, I've had enough. I I get the phone call, the saving grace. Yeah. So I get a phone call from Jared, Eastside Jared, and he says, he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna change your season. I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, he's like, I'm gonna you know I'm I'm gonna show you what dove hunting is really about. I'm like, okay, like, I had to, you know I figure there's teal or not teal. I feel like there's doves around. Like, yeah. What I will say about this year as a general, there was a lot more doves than I've ever seen. Yeah, and I. I shot more, probably twice as many doves as I usually shoot on any given year. So he calls me up and he says, okay, we got this field that's outside of town, just outside of town. He's like, I've been mowing it. He has, he owns a mowing company and they, they mow parcels of land that they're going to develop, but they haven't gotten there yet. So they'd done all the dirt work. They'd mowed it. Well, there's a lot of natural not natural. natural grasses yeah. that ended up seeding out just perfectly on time to where there was like, I don't, I'd, I'd hate to say it, like put it this way, but there's like thousands of doves. Thousands. Well, I mean, there's a reason that the, I did, I, I going into it because uh, Jared and Dane had hunted that place already once. Yeah. And so we knew it was going to be good. So he was like, he was like telling me on the phone, he's like, you're going to see like, flocks of like 15 to like 30 doves and i'm like uh-huh okay like <laughs> jared's always very truthful about his scouting and what he sees it's just one of those things that i've never in my life like even kind of experienced something yeah. like that i've seen like a flock of like three or five like and that's on a power line <laughs> like i've never seen anything like that so i couldn't even know what to expect so we we go jeremy and i we go and we drive up in this field and we're just out in the middle of this field right outside of town. Like there's a house, yeah. there's a uh, we were, housing complex yeah. right across the road. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like uh, we'll see how this goes, you know? And next thing you know, light comes up. I, I will say it was kind of slow to begin. I was surprised it did, by that. It was slow, but consistent. Yeah. But, and when, when Hunter says slow for this hunt, we're seeing ones and twos. But they're kind of consistently coming through. Like I mean, thirty seconds. To yeah, a minute, you like see some, and then sun. Like that was the you know the thirty minutes before, right at shooting light. The, that first fifteen to thirty minutes was that, and then like about sunrise. Oh my, oh my goodness! Uh, there's a so if anybody's interested in seeing the hunt, I did make a video from it. Um, I would I literally name that video Are We in Argentina? Because if you ever think of like an Argent like a dove hunt in Argentina, which is a very popular thing, like people go down to Argentina and they'll shoot a thousand shells a day. Yeah. And shoot a hundred and fifty doves. I don't even know what they're they've got like fifteen different species of doves and they're out of control because not enough people hunt them. Yep. Yada yada. And so like people go down I wanna do it someday actually, but um, this is what it felt like. Once that sun completely came up, 
there were just birds everywhere <laughs> like everywhere it wasn't it wasn't about like it wasn't even like about finding doves to shoot it was about just picking on, one yeah picking one that you wanted to shoot and being accurate in your shot exactly because you were shooting great i shot dude i don't know what it is i will say like i'm not trying to like toot my own horn here but my shooting i've had one bad hunt this year where i shot like just garbage yeah but i have i've been shooting well this year and i shot really well that day i mean i was i was done with my limit and like my it seems to be each year and i think it's just because i have i i really talked about shooting trap this year this summer and i didn't just because i was busy but like I always start low and then like I just start traveling up. I just get a little better each time. You didn't help yourself by having a improved cylinder and I don't think. No, I don't think so. Like well, I like, like I I won't lie. I I said this to you this last weekend. The next time I shoot that uh, break action of yours, yeah. It might be a tipping point for me because I like it <laughs> took me a couple of shots to figure it out cuz Hunter was really using the camera and getting video of Nala and working with Nala as well. And so I, like, while he was doing that, I was like, well, let me shoot your gun because he brought his break action. And I've always wanted one but never been, like, committed to it. Yeah. I shot it, like, three times, kind of struggled, and then I figured it out, and I just (laughs) continued just shooting really well, and I was like, oh, crap. I told you the story how I got that one, right? Didn't you win it or something? So my, <laughs> I was in South Dakota pheasant hunting, and I was talking about I almost picked up my stepdad's. Uh, he's got a, <clears throat> is it, what's the really nice Browning one? Satori. Oh, A five or the oh Satori. the bur- oh okay. He's got like yeah he's got a wow. Satori. And I was gonna pick it up, and I I didn't end up having the amount of time that I needed in order to do that. So I was like talking about how I wanted one really bad, and she put me in a raffle without even like telling me, and. She just calls me when I was in South Dakota, like, hey. And I. she called me twice, and I am I was freaking out because. You get one call. Okay, whatever. Okay, you get two calls. Like, And my mom does not call me more than once. Right. She usually, like, calls me, leaves a message, like, hey, give me a call or text or whatever. So when she called me twice, and I'm like, oh, crap. Like, what is going on? So I call her back real quick, and she's like, she's like oh, I got good news. I'm like, okay, good. I'm happy it's not bad news. <laughs> It's like, I was a little bit worried when he called me twice. And she's like, no, 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 no. She's like, so I didn't tell you, but I put you in this raffle. She's like, you you won an over and under. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I love that gun. I really do. It's it cool. is It is a nice gun. <laughs> I'm really good at killing pheasants with it, but doves apparently I'm not so good. Yeah. I think you were still pretty... Well, okay. Hurt well, about opening teal, and you weren't completely there. Let's talk about this. So, talking about like confidence as a shooter. So, like you know, for someone who goes from like say like dove teal and then works their way up, I we went and shot sporting clays like we talked about, and like I struggled, and I was like frustrated from that. And then opening day dove, I actually shot like pretty decent. I was I was fine with it. Yeah, we all did. teal. I was just kind of frustrated about, but like. Man, when you lose confidence in your shooting ability or way you're shooting, it really jacks with your mind. Oh, yeah. You start, it's almost like, I would say it's very similar to, like, golf. Like, then you start, like, trying to get, you know, farther in front of the bird or you start, like, you know, messing with your mechanics or the way you're swinging and you just start overthinking everything to the point where you're not just doing it instinctually. 
and allowing yourself to just be comfortable, it really just messes with everything. Yeah. I mean, it gets to the point where you just start overthinking things too much. And that's something like, we can talk about that. Our next episode is like, Jared got into that funk. Yeah, he did. And when you got and into that funk, you just got to. I It, it kind of sucks, but I mean, it's put into basketball terms. You kind of have to shoot through it. Yeah. Like you just have to. It sucks because sometimes it takes a while. I've had stretches yeah. where I've just been awful. Well, it's. I'm very happy he made it through, but we'll talk about it. But I'm not happy with the bird that he killed. All right. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. Well, that, I would, it, it hurt my feelings. When I saw it, <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. So that dove hunt was pretty incredible. It was. what? Okay. We shot 117. Yeah. Uh, there was, what, nine guys there? I think so. I, nine or ten. Nine. Uh, yeah. Let's see, three, five, nine. Yeah, nine guys. Um, so we shot 117 that day. Absolute mayhem. I mean, I was done with my limit in 25, 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> gosh, puppers are playing. Yeah, they are. Jeez. Well, at least Nala's is getting involved in it. Kinda. Um, but. And I was able to take some video of Hunter and Nala, which actually I kind of liked doing that. Yeah. I keep wanting to buy that lens you have. I just haven't. Which I, one? The 85? The bigger one? No, the 24 to 70. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, because I, I, don't get me wrong, I love taking the long distance, you know, telephoto uh, pictures, but that I don't know. The close-up stuff has always been fascinating to me. I just like it because it's a nice medium lens. You can get stuff in the blind, then you can get like a little bit farther out. I personally like it most for like lifestyle videography. Yeah, and it's it's got enough. Jeez, <laughs> they're going crazy. <laughs> it's got enough funk to it to where you. It's really like it's got a lot of mobility. To yeah. It. So I like. I needed to get away from everything this weekend. I am disappointed that I didn't take video or photos. Uh, just because it was just so beautiful out there. And it was just... I wish you... Uh, nah, we... Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. I wish you'd stay with me mo- Monday, though. Yeah. Um, literally, typical waterfowl mood. Fog, cloudy... I mean, I was able to take, like, the kind of pictures that I like from hunts like that with just my phone. Yeah. So, but that's a different topic. But So, that's opening day Dove. Uh, teal. Teal. Sorry. Argentina. Ar- oh, Dove. Uh, dove, Teal, Argentina, Dove hunt. Uh, I think that finishes it for that part of it. I think the next one would be Antelope, wouldn't it? Uh, no, I've got, I mean, I had one really good teal hunt. I, I mean, I went on a couple more after that. Uh, me and Dane went on one. We had an okay hunt. We had some guys walk right in front of us 20 minutes after shooting light. Just classic public land stuff. And that was a Friday, too. It's not like it was even just, like, straight up the weekend. Um, Mike. <laughs> Dude. 
Deuce is about to get it here in a minute. He's the one that instigating everything. No, it's Dakota. She came flying down the stairs at them. She's a puppy, though. That's normal. I know, but it doesn't matter to me either. But, um, yeah, the one with Dane, we shot three or four birds. It was good for him and Boone to get out. Boone did pretty well, actually. I was, I mean, he didn't break, which was good. Yeah. I got that video up. Somebody did comment on it at the end of the video. Uh, I was like, Boone was trying to eat one of my ducks. <laughs> and so somebody commented, is like, is he trying to eat your duck? And I was like, yeah, he does that from time to time. <laughs> Goofy little dog. But uh, did have one really good teal hunt that I wish I had. Uh-oh. Oh, I think somebody's got to go potty. Hit the pot. We're going to pause it, and then we'll get back. Ooh, we're back. Everybody had to pee, so. <laughs> had a pee break. All right, so you're talking about that teal hunt. Yeah, we had. Your parent, or with your dad, Terrell. Yeah. Had one good teal hunt. Me and Terrell really wanted to get out. We had a wedding to go to that weekend that we were involved in. Boo. Uh, is what it is. I ended up making the most of it, though, so um, we went out. Uh, to Old Faithful, had some good hunts there. I scouted it and saw some teal there, but I didn't. I was not prepared for what we ended up seeing. I'd seen some, and we had a really good cold front coming through that weekend, and it was raining. Um, and I didn't get it on video because of the rain. Um, I mean, for about an hour before, uh, not an hour, about a half an hour before shooting light. Um. As we're sitting there waiting, it it poured on us. I mean, it, we got <laughs> we got wet, um, and I've done those hunts before, um, but it was worth it. Once the rain let up, which I should have just thrown, I had my GoPro with me. I should have just thrown it on, but it rained off and on, so I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. Um, started with I saw like two or three teal, and I was like, okay, well, we might kill something. And then, like, five minutes later, the rain really stopped. And then I saw, like, a hundred teal. I mean, big balls of teal, like, several of them. Um, there was probably three, four hundred teal that were in there. And we were the only ones there. We didn't, the, the weatherman lied to us, of course. The wind was not where it was supposed to be. If we had set up on the, uh, where we usually set up when we sit there, um, we were on the island across. Um if I had set up on our nor normal island, I think we would have done really, really well. But it was super strong from the north and, like, north and east. But it ended up being more east. And so I don't know why. I figured the teal would work into that other island better, but they really didn't. Hmm. Um, and, I mean, it is what it is. But... Ended up, they wanted to keep landing in the back. We shot a couple stragglers. I think we we're up to three or four. Um, Trail had an opportunity to shoot one in the decoys. I don't know. He, I told, we had another, like a group of like 10 flying around that had a shoveler with it. And um, I really wanted them to land because that shoveler, I wanted, you know, I could see it. But Trail sometimes struggles with identification. My dad's pretty good at it, but, you know, we all have our mishaps sometimes. And I just really didn't, you know, obviously I didn't want to shoot it because it was illegal. But um, we had one really good look at them, 
and they ended up continuing to fly and that deal got up and trail didn't uh <laughs> it's like he wasn't ready for it to get up and i and like it he ended i don't even think he shot at it but it got away and i literally i was like well when i said shoot it when it gets up i meant like the moment its toes like left the water <laughs> like <laughs> just shoot the dang thing but <clears throat> but the real kicker was we had one of those big balls of teal finally finally did it just right um and they i mean sat in the decoys which you usually hunt marshes but at the same time your guys is private that you guys always hunt you probably see big balls of teal yeah um if you're hunting the marshes a lot of times you don't see the giant just balls of teal every once in a while you'll get one but reservoir hunting is so cool for teal because that's basically what you get you get two or three good passes, but you get 50 birds in your face. Yeah. So if you're not flock shooting and you pay attention, you know, you work on how you're shooting, you usually do pretty good. Um, me and my dad have done it enough times that we don't usually try and flock shoot. Trail had never really seen anything like that. So basically, um, that ball of teal came in. We shot 10 teal in that ball of teal. Um, I shot four of them. My dad shot four of them. Trell thought he only shot one, and then we ended up finding one as we were walking out that had sailed. Um, So he ended up shooting two out of that. But I doubled on my first shot and then cleaned up two more on my second and third shot. I mean, I, I never in my life have... That is the most teal... I've ever been a part of in one group that have, you know, has fallen. It's crazy. Um, it is a lot of fun. Honestly, I love teal hunting that way. Um, I just haven't done it the last couple of years because, you know, minus last year, you know, since 2018, there's been enough water that the marshes are usually at least decent. Yeah. I mean, even last year for opening weekend, I still managed to shoot limits both days of opening weekend along the marshes but um this year you know we had so little time before the wedding we needed to go somewhere close and i wasn't going to mess with a marsh because i didn't want to get up that early and so it was a super good way to start our day and shot 12 did did well yeah um wish i'd gotten on camera because it would have been sweet to have that just magnum ball of teal coming to the decoys like that on camera but that was my only good teal hunt i actually only think i went three or four times just one opening day that's it yeah that's too busy with everything else oh well Eh. is what it is it is what it is it is what it is but no i i miss good teal hunting I'm not super mad. I'm not super upset I missed anything. I think it was nice for me to... I think in a lot of ways it was it made it a little bit easier for me to focus on the priorities I had going on just because mm-hmm. I just knew it was crappy hunting. And there, don't get me wrong, there's some guys that had some success. Like, I know Jordan had some good success, which mm-hmm. kudos. He did his time. He did his scouting. He's been scouting a ton this year. Yeah. Like... He's really going all in on duck season this year. 
Which not the best year to do it, but well, but I, I, we've been talking <laughs> to, to him. I've been we've been talking, and he's been like scouting like a lot. Like he's been honestly, he's been spending a lot of money on gas. But yeah, <laughs> um, and I was like, well, I mean, sometimes these are the years where you find those new places that you like hunting yeah. forever and ever because you had to go look for the birds. Like yep. you can't just pull up to any given marsh on any day and shoot the limit. You get to go find them this year. Yep. But. Which, hey. Kudos. Yeah, no, absolutely. I hope it continues for them. And I, you know, I hope we get some rain here. I don't know that we're going to next week or two, but getting a little piddle tonight, but it ain't going to do anything. No. But, all right, tell us about this antelope hunt. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fantastic, awesome success, but it, it happened pretty quick. It, yeah, so uh, I pulled uh, a muzzleloader tag in the state of Nebraska this year. Um, I've been applying for an antelope tag for like five years now. See, I told you she instigates it. <laughs> she feisty. She is feisty. Um, I finally pulled an antelope tag. Been excited about it. Did some research. Talked to a lot of people um, on where to go, what to expect. Um and so the last weekend in September, I set off. I I had marked. Goodness gracious, I had marked it off on my calendar um, for that weekend. I was gonna go, um, just the weekend between Teal and then Big Duck. <laughs> and uh, yeah, a hunter really wasn't kidding. It ended up being a lot quicker of a hunt than <laughs> I thought it would be. Uh, I mean, I literally left on a Thursday and didn't plan on coming back till like the next Tuesday. Um, and I told myself cause I'd never shot one. The big thing was just shooting one. Obviously I kind of wanted it to be a, a buck. Didn't matter size. Um, it wasn't either sex tag. So if I had had an opportunity, um, I would have just shot a doe if it had come down to it. I wouldn't have cared. I, the big thing is I've always wanted to try the meat. I've heard great things about it. And honestly, so far I'm having the same exact spirit. Uh, experience with it that Westside Jared had because when I came back I talked to him and he was like the tenderloins are really really they were kind of eh which is odd and he was right my tenderloins were chewy as heck Hmm. but everything else was really good and that backstrap I made this last I don't think you had any of it he kind of missed out it was really good I actually do I'm actually sad that I didn't try but that's alright I got more I'll bring some over again I was like I was not there that night. That's we fine. And I was just like, and so we were talking to those dudes, and I'm like, I'm just sitting there thinking, like, go away. You did want to go to bed pretty bad. And I was like, I about was just like, okay, we're good. Dakota about took out the cords. Uh, I almost was like, I'm just going to go to bed. But yeah. I didn't want to be rude, but at the same time, I should have just went to bed. But, so... I woke up Friday morning on my hunt. First morning of the hunt. I we got I took Dakota. It was just me and her. We had a fun little time. She's gotten really comfortable in the vehicle, which is good. Uh, first little camping trip with her. And that was super fun. We got in late. So we slept in a little bit. By a little bit, I mean like sunrise had come. Like It's not like I got up early and was like, oh, I got to be to this spot. Now, I got up, took my time, ended up breaking down camp in case I decided to move areas. 
um, after, you know, driving around and looking. Because basically everybody I talked to had said, just drive around until you find them. And then either knock on doors if if they're on private or, you know, go after it. Which, you know. So I literally leave camp and right off of the public that I was camped at, like 100 yards on the other side of the fence was a buck with like seven does in an alfalfa field. And I was like, oh my gosh, if it's this easy, <laughs> we might be golden here. Yeah. And so I looked at Onyx. I was like, eh, I'll mark it and might come back. Drove down a road, ended up seeing a big group of antelope uh, way off in the distance. Couldn't tell if there's any bucks or whatnot, but it looked like 40 strong probably. And this is the middle of the rut, so I assume there was a buck up there, but I never got close enough. Marked that one, kept driving. Went to a piece of public that I've been looking at for a couple, like a month since I got my tag. You know, I've been really heavily looking at that spot. Got there, drove around it. 200 yards off of the public, there's this buck, big buck too, actually, with about 30 does. And they're in this little ag field. I watched them for an hour and a half, hoping that they would. The only place that logically in my mind made sense for them to go was back onto the public. Everything else around it just didn't really seem like it would be where the antelope would go. But they ended up just chilling in that field. And I watched them for about an hour and a half. It was kind of cool. I, I I kicked myself. I wish I'd done a little better job of getting video of it. But this buck was just chasing these does. Around. Like he was hurting them like a sheepdog. <laughs> Um, cause he didn't want him to go anywhere. I mean, it was his group of does. Yeah. Um, antelope act a little more like elk in that they have a, like a herd yeah. of cows or does, whatever. Um, watched him for a little bit and I was like, it, at this point it's like nine 30. I've seen three groups of antelope. Um, I was like, man, I should just keep moving. And I had no problem with knocking on a door. But, like, I had, like, four or five other pieces of public that I was like, man, I want to go look at these um, and, you know, see if there's antelope on them. Because I thought it would have been really cool, no matter the size, to shoot one on public land uh, in my home state. You know, a tag that I've been waiting for for a while. It didn't matter the size of the, the buck to me. I just wanted to shoot one on public land if I could. Ended up driving to a couple other spots, didn't see anything at them, and then I finally started headed towards this one spot that, you know, it just made sense. Real, like, eh, 1,400 acres of land, uh, real grassy, hilly, you know, antelope-looking stuff. I mean, if if you've ever antelope hunted before, just picture where you think antelope would be, and this is where you would think antelope would be. I mean, this is... Pretty pretty textbook, I would say. And I'm I'm driving around this property with the deer and the antelope. <laughs> Basically, I did see a ton of mule deer out there. Um, yeah, buddy. Uh, but um, driving around this property, uh, it's coming down the road, and there's like this valley. A bunch of fingers feed into this little draw valley. You know, it looks like an old creek bed or something. Um, and up on the top of the hill, I saw what looked like antelope, ended up being a rock face. 
And then I just kind of was looking around and down in the bottom, I saw two does standing there and I was like, oh, sweet. And then I saw a third one uh, standing there and sure, like I, I literally saw it and I was like, that looks like a buck. Whipped around, got a different angle, looked at him again. I was like, man, I'm pretty sure that's a buck. Like he was at this point, like, probably six, 700 yards away. And I was looking at him through my binoculars. Like, so I could just barely make out his horns, like between his ears and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and I was like, man, I'm pretty sure that's a buck. And I basically, at that point, like I made the choice. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get everything ready. I'm going to go scout <laughs> And or scout, I'm gonna go go put a stock on these, try and get closer, get a better look. Yeah. So I got I got my muzzle loader out. I hadn't even loaded it or anything yet. I mean, so I loaded it. You know, made a little video about what I was doing and started heading that direction. And there was, it worked out perfectly. Where they were sitting, uh, like they were in the middle of this draw or like right off the creek bed, but. With the way the wind was, I had a really strong, like, 30-mile-an-hour wind that day. Dogs. <laughs> My goodness. At least I know she's going to sleep good tonight. Dakota does instigate it. She does. I she told mess- you. She messes with Zeus enough to get him to run around in circles, and then he just runs. Yep. And all just kind of watches it like he's an idiot. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but... I had a really strong wind that set up perfectly for the way I wanted to come in on this these antelope, and uh, so I, I was able to get to this little point to get a little closer. I cut cut the distance distance well in half, and uh, looked over the edge. I could see I couldn't see the does anymore, but I knew I knew exactly where they were. Like I had literally like basically taking a picture of it to make sure that I knew exactly um, where they were when I got up there. Because sometimes those rolling hills can be a little hard. Um, hi, Dakota. Um, I'm sorry. I'm getting like distracted by the dogs. Yeah, see, now you want water again, but I'm not interested in getting up. Um Got to that point, couldn't see the does anymore, really couldn't even see him, and I just threw up my binoculars, and I was looking, and just through this little, like, uh, uh, sage bush or something, I don't remember, I could see the top of his ears, and then I could really make out his horns, and I was like, oh my gosh, it is a buck, and oh my gosh, he, he was in the perfect spot, wind-wise, and he was looking the opposite direction of the way I would have to come in. And on top of that, the way I was going to come in, I was going to drop. He was bedded down. So I was going to drop low enough below him that none of them could see me. I mean, it it just literally, like, was perfect. The wind every once in a while would kind of shift towards them, and I was a little worried about that. But I knew if I could break that, like, 100, 150-yard range. Like, I've shot a lot of deer with my muzzleloader. I'm pretty comfortable with it. Um, and so I, like, I have no problem shooting to 150. Now the wind did worry me 
a little bit for that kind of a distance. So I knew if I was closer to 150, I probably was just going to have to let it go. Yeah. But ended up stalking, and I put up a camera to try and get the angle or, you know, get me if I got an opportunity. And I stalked down, started to come up over the ridge that they were over. Yeah. And I kept, every once in a while, I would range how close I was to the net, like next ridge where they would probably run up to. And I got to, I think the last time I ranged, I was at 67 yards from the top of that. And realistically, I probably was only about 20 yards from them. Um, and I kept kind of sneaking up and his two does came up the draw and popped out. And I was like, okay, there's the does but where is he? And about five, 10 seconds later, he comes up right behind them. And I was like, Oh my gosh, it is a buck. 100%. Not it was by no means giant. I think, uh, I think he's like 10 and a half inches tall or something like that, which in the antelope world is by no means. I mean, it's not a big antelope. I mean, a big antelope's like 17 or 18 inches or something like that. Um, but it was a buck on public land. I I was going to go for it. The only problem I had with it where he came out, but where I was, I could, with the shooting sticks I had, I could not get down or else I would drop below the top of the ridge and wouldn't have a clear shot. And so when he came up, I put, I knew that immediately. I put my gun up, put my muzzle loader up. And uh, he came up behind his does, and one of his does was directly behind him. And they just stood there and looked at me for like a solid minute. And I was like, so I'm sitting there like, mom's just starting to get a little shaky. I didn't want to move a whole lot because I didn't want him to like freak out and completely blow out of there. And I was like, oh my gosh, come on. And finally... His does moved to the right, and he moved a little bit to the left. Gave me a decently broadside shot. I pulled the trigger. I settled, pulled the trigger, you know, with a muzzleloader. Didn't matter how much wind there was. There was a lot of smoke that came out. Like, you shoot a muzzleloader, it takes you a second to really realize. It's like like if somebody flipped the lights off real quick because of the amount of smoke and so like everything in front of you is totally different until that smoke clears and like as soon as the smoke cleared he i mean i dropped him in his tracks i mean i just (laughs) i just started freaking out like i saw him i saw him on the ground and like in 30 mile an hour wind if somebody had been up on the road, they would have heard, heard me probably screaming for, you know, joy. I mean, I just let, I was, <laughs> I was freaking out. Um, and I like, <laughs> during my, all my excitement, like there were several people that kind of wanted to come on this trip with me, but it didn't end up working out. You know, Terrell's got his wedding coming up and, you know, needed to work. You've got, house baby stuff uh west side jared was gonna come with me but it didn't work out into his schedule dane was getting close to harvest so he wasn't able to go 
all kind like I had so many people that wanted to come and enjoy the hunt with me, but didn't it didn't work, and my dad was out of town, and it just didn't work. So I like as soon like moments after I shot like in midst of all my excitement, I you know I just I just I brought out Snapchat and I just was like I just sent sent one of those like Snapchats. <laughs> Trell Trell's the one that got me uh, the most, honestly, because he he messaged me back like almost immediately. He goes, "Are you kidding me? First day, like what?" <laughs> and I was like, and then I sent a video of me being like, "Oh man, everybody says antelope hunting so hard, and the antelopes in the background." And now I can hear some people already. Yes, I had a muzzleloader, yada yada. But I will say, I could have shot this antelope with my bow. Yeah. I mean, now, in the wind that we had, I wouldn't have dreamed of doing it. If it was a calmer day, I would have shot this antelope with my bow. I ended up ranging back to where I was standing. It was 46 yards. Um, and for an antelope, first stock I'd ever put up put up on an antelope, uh, a lot of people would probably say that's really, you know, impressive. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I really... I'm straight up hooked on antelope hunting. Actually, already me and Jared are talking about doing archery next August. Um, yeah, it's an early season. I don't know. I, I, I'd be interested and I'd want to go. I'd do muzzleloader, though. I know the tag's hard to get, but I would. Well, that, so that tag that I that I got, I you definitely should put in for it. Okay. Dakota, down. 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 She wants a beer. <laughs> um, that tag that I, I ended up getting. So you can actually start getting that tag after like two years. Yeah. I put in for a second choice. Like that was my second option this year. It was the first year I put in a second option. I just was like, ah, look at how big, like the tag. I got the Prairie muzzleloader tag. So it's a mat. Like it is all of the state except for one small corner up in the northwest and like so there's like you'd never cover enough ground i mean by the time you would cover the entire state if you can't get one landowner that'd be like oh yeah go kill whatever one you want yeah it'd be shocking or if you could you know you could find one on public land but so i would apply for that one if you want to do a muzzleloader um or i mean just start just start putting in for the rifle. Figure out a unit that works. Yeah, I'm not too worried about rifle. My dad's got a muzzleloader that, you know, we didn't. Most of my deer hunting experience I've like, talked about in the past, like, has not been. It hasn't been rifle, you know. Yeah. But majority of my deer hunting experience has been with a muzzleloader. Cause, really? Yeah. Because like, most of the people that we hunt on down the canyon, like. They their family comes in rifle and they shoot theirs and you know after they're done there's a lot of them down there to let us hunt that you know you come down there muzzle you shoot whatever you want we don't care yeah there's nobody in the way there's you know you don't have to worry about people like honestly if you can't get a mule deer within a hundred hundred fifty yards you got yeah. bigger problems yeah. you, don't, you you don't need three hundred yards to shoot a, a mule deer sorry no mule deer just being lazy at that point yeah now whitetails 
I get it. A little harder. A little harder. I'll give you that. But like for what we're doing, oh man, I've killed. That's like, there's a lot of been there's been a lot of deer that's been killed with that black powder. In my dad's. Yeah. So yeah. I love muzzleloader hunting, dude. I actually really do. It like it. It's the perfect medium between archery and rifle hunting. Yeah. Because like you still had to get within a distance. And now yeah. obviously you can stretch. You can stretch that distance to probably 200 yards real easily if you have the right equipment and you know it, you know your gun well. Yeah. But, you know, realistically speaking, that 100 yard mark is where you gotta try and get to. <laughs> uh, oh, poor Nala. <laughs> oh, here she goes. <laughs> um, but, no, yeah, so. But, I uh, that, I was that's something I'd like to do. Yeah, the antelope. Yeah, I start applying. I can once the application period comes back around, I'll I can help you out. Cause I think you would enjoy it. It, so. it is a fun little twist. I think you could even uh, learn to enjoy the archery aspect. Um, but the problem for me isn't the archery aspect. It would be probably be August. I just. Me and heat does not go together. And I realize it's dry heat out where you're hunting them. It's just like No, I agree. I'm usually I'm usually the same way. I don't like the heat. But I will say after this year, like I've talked about doing that archery and that archery tag is good for like I I think it I think it goes till the end of the year. Oh really? Um which, you know, as we'll talk about in another podcast we'll be spending some serious amount of times in some <laughs> of those areas so yeah um <clears throat> but i feel you there yeah so i was pretty pumped and like i was calling and texting people pretty much that whole day yeah um stopped on my way back showed jared uh, and yeah i just it was such a cool experience. I will say, this is one th- one thing about antelope that is so crazy to me. And it's because they have nothing in their surroundings to base them off of. Yeah. You look at an antelope from the road. Like, okay, so that buck we saw this weekend. Yeah. Uh, which was a pretty big buck, actually. Yeah. Um, he looks giant because he's standing out there against nothing. He looks like a, I would say he's similar to like a Eastern Nebraska white-tailed doe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. That, that's what I would That's what he looks him. like. So you, you're walking up there and you, you, you think it's going to be a decent sized animal. Yeah. No, you get up to an antelope that you just shot and like, I mean, my antelope. <sighs> they they kind of, they remind me of like a Great Dane. I, that's a yeah a really big dog yeah. is about the size i mean that antelope i could he weighed all of i think after dressed he weighed all of 100 pounds maybe um yeah. he does like they they honest honest to god they look like a dog in a, a deer's body like kind of, the way yeah. they play around and the way they you know like talking about that that buck that herded around his does, they kind of look like dogs playing. It's kind of yeah. odd, but <laughs> no, I, I, they are, I, I, 
I was so shocked. And I, I think I, it's kind of hard. I've been, I'm making a video out of it kind of currently. Um, the, the wind is being, the wind in the video is going to make it a little less quality than I'd like, but it is what it is. Um, but, uh, when I stand over the antelope for the first time, I literally go, I was like, oh my gosh, it's way smaller than I thought it would be. <laughs> uh, so, but I was jacked. I, I, I wanted to do an antelope hunt for a long time. I just either never pulled a tag or never gone out of state for it. It's kind of crazy how hard some of the really good, like Wyoming, uh, for instance, is a pretty good antelope state. And there's some units in Wyoming that you need like 13 points to get a tag, hmm. which is ridiculous, but it is what it is. But that pretty much finished my September, my early season. Yep. I did. I've, I've done a bunch of deer hunting, had some successes in ways yep. and some negatives, but probably, meh. I'm sure at some point this year we'll do a podcast on our deer hunt on our deer hunting and hey uh you know leave a review and make sure that uh you in uh entice or uh motivate hunter to do this. Uh this last weekend he actually talked about getting a deer tag um and doing some deer hunting uh so have you told dane about that i have not told dane yet surprise i figured i, I figured well we we had we had proud. we had such bad service that i just didn't yeah uh but yeah, i probably i need to tell him that well like i guess for me i i i'm tend to be a forward thinker on a lot of things but you know with everything that's happened in the u.s and i mean you got to think everything's downstream. So you got to think, you know, you got the inflation that's going on. Um, you got the lack of crops, especially in Nebraska, across the state. You know, the drought that's going on pretty much through the Midwest. Well, that most of that feeds. I mean, even especially like Western Nebraska, I mean, it looks horrible. And that that corn feeds cattle. Well, if cattle don't get the feed they need. Just everything goes up. Just yeah, food prices are just gonna continue to skyrocket. And so, I was looking at my freezer last week, and like, uh, I've got a decent amount of beef in there. But I was like sitting there thinking, I was like, you know what? Like, I do kind of like I. The reason why, and I've told you this in the past, like the reason I have kind of quit deer hunting is because Shay just doesn't is not a big fan of deer. Or she got kind of sick of it. Yeah. Because, like, when I moved to Lincoln, I was broke, and Shay's parent or Shay's brother had killed some deer, and they had it in their freezer, and so it was, like, free meat. And why not? Yeah. Like, I thought it was meat. So she got sick of eating it. I just think that I'd like to kill a, a doe. I'd like to go down there to Dane's and go kill a doe, and then I'd grind it with a bunch of bacon, and away we go. Yeah. If she doesn't like it, whatever, I'll eat it. You know, make it my pre-made meals, and there we go. Yep, win-win. So yeah, I am. I have. I've thought about it. We'll see. It's just a time thing, but we'll see how things play out. Yeah. 
But all right, I think that finishes up our September. What do you think? Yeah, I don't. That's pretty much all I got. So that's gonna finish off this podcast. This September uh, next podcast, we're gonna be talking about. Uh, we're gonna be talking about opening weekend of duck hunting. I'm just gonna tell you right now. You're not going to want to miss that because there's a lot of funny <laughs> stories in that. And it just gets better and better. So you're not going to want to, you're going to want to hear that next week. So next Wednesday, make sure to hit the Big Red Hunters podcast up and check it out. Um, since you love us and you made it this far in the podcast, make sure to rate and review us. Really appreciate it. It helps a good podcast get out there. Um, I appreciate everybody, especially the loyal following that is tuning in today just from me being kind of out, you know, out of the podcasting game the last month and a half, month and a half. I appreciate you guys' patience, and I look forward to getting back to podcasts. We're going to be doing the big deck one. Um, we do have a, a guide and also a guy that loves to do habitat management for pheasants and upland game. He also has an opinion on grouse and the state, and so we're going to be doing a podcast. Uh, his guy's name is Payne, so we're going to be doing that one. Look forward to that one and uh, going from there, and then we'll be probably looking into about deer season at that point. So I'll be looking forward to hearing from you and Brad and Jared because you guys are flipping spots this year. So yeah, curious about your guys' experiences. i got to get on and hunt with Brad so I can talk. We can talk about that. Yeah. So all right, everybody. Appreciate it. Have a good night, and we will talk to you later.